Do you believe what you just sang, that God is good? Come on, give me some praise. I tell you what, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here today. We've got a special, special service. My name's Adam Harold. If I've never met you, my adorable wife, Tanya, and let me tell you, she is adorable. Um, she, uh, we lead this church together. We're a team. I couldn't do it without her. She couldn't do it without me on most days. So thank you so much for, for being here today. Today's special because it's Baptism Sunday, right? But it's also special because I'm calling today Great Commission Sunday. Um, we are observing the Great Commission today. Like, we're putting it into practice. So it's part of baptism. Uh, you can turn to, with me to Matthew chapter 28. Um, you can also follow along in the YouVersion Bible app if you want to follow along with all of today's notes. They're available in, in YouVersion. You can follow along on the screens. But I'm going to read that in just a moment. But I want to mention one of the things that Jeff mentioned in our news today. Next Sunday, January 7th, we are starting what we call 21 Days of Prayer. 21 Days of Prayer will last from January 7th to the 27th. It'll, it, we begin on a Sunday and we end on a Saturday. And, um, you know, in years past, we've kind of emphasized fasting and prayer in, in January when we do 21 Days of Prayer. However, in the last couple years, God has really kind of convicted me about fasting being for the believer. And, and, and I believe that there's a time to do a corporate fast, but I don't necessarily think that we should do a corporate fast every year. I think more corporate fasts are more geared towards specific things. Um, and so we are like, so we're going to mention fasting, but we're going to encourage you to pray about the time that you fast. So what is a fast? Fasting, the Bible teaches that it's emptying of yourself so that Christ can fill you up. And so um, I believe that there's a couple different types of fast. There's a, there's a soul fast, and there's, which, which will, will um, fill your soul. Like, for example, fasting from social media. How great does that sound? Right? Come on, somebody. Right? Somebody say, he's preaching and he's just getting started. Right? So, like, to, um, to get off of social media, to, to fast from that might feed your soul a little bit. Right? Um, but there's also a physical fast, which is where you go without food. This is how Jesus fasted. He went without food. And Jesus did it for 40 days. And, um, and he went without for food for 40 days in the wilderness, and Satan tempted him. And actually, that happened right after his baptism. So how cool is it that we're doing baptisms this week, and then next week we're going into a time of seeking God together, like, with intent, right? That's all we want. We want you to seek God with intent. But Jesus taught that fasting is to not be done as the Pharisees did it. Don't do it and look miserable, he's saying. Don't do it and announce it to everybody that you're doing it. Um, a couple of years ago, when we used to really emphasize fasting, it would bother me when, someone, when I would hear someone in our church say, oh, what are you fasting? I'm like, that ain't none of your business. It's between me and God, right? right? And so, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with asking somebody, what are you, what are you how are you seeking God, right? That's a better question. How are you seeking God in this time? And so the way that we seek God together with 21 days of prayer is um, every, every day, Monday through Friday, we'll gather at the church at 6 a.m. 
Um, for those that want to come, we'll have a time of prayer from 6 to 7 a.m., Monday through Friday. And then on Saturday, because no one gets up at 6 a.m. on Saturday, even in Maine, right? So, um, so we, we have prayer, and we do this regularly anyway at 9 a.m. on Saturdays. You're welcome to join us. Next Sunday, we'll kick it off, and it's going to be an awesome time of seeking the Lord together. So Matthew chapter 28, let's get into that um, this morning. But before I, I read that scripture, I want to ask the Father to speak to us. Can I do that this morning? Let's pray. God, um, you certainly are worthy of all of it. God, you are the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. And God, I, I just thank you that you are the God who was, who is, and always will be. And because of who you are, you've given us the authority to do the work of the ministry. You've given us the authority to go and make disciples of all nations. Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts as we seek your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments, all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you even to the end of the age. Go make disciples. Over the last few years, I've kind of focused, turned my focus of, of a um, New Year's resolution to boil it down to one word. I like to do, it's, listen, I've got, recently my wife diagnosed me with ADD, right? And so she's like, Adam, you can't focus on anything. And um, one of the things that I can't, that I have a hard time focusing on is like to have a long list, right? That's why she thinks that I have ADD, because I can't focus on her long list that she has for me. And so um, I need to boil it down a little bit. I need to simplify things. And so over the last few years, um, or like a few years ago, I would take my, my, my personal life, and I would ask God to give me one word for the year. And, um, and, and he would do that, and I would, that would be my focus for the entire year, which would only last about five months, right? Um, and so when I started leading the refuge, I, I see myself at the end of every year, about no, October, November, I start to pray about what's next. What's the next year got for us? What, what do you have next for us, God? And this year, it wasn't even like God had to say anything to me specifically. It was just th like um, we have the opportunity to go on a missions trip in, in April as a church. And we're sending missionaries this morning to South Korea. And God just kind of gave me this word for 2024. And the word is go. Go. 
And so next, next week, we have an interest meeting about our DR missions trip in, in April, and you, get, you can learn all about that if you come to our, our uh, interest meeting at, at 2 o'clock. Go. But Jesus was specific. Go make disciples. Amen. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so... As I prayed about the word go, God led me to another scripture, which happens to be another recording of the same event that Matthew talks about in Matthew 28. It's Luke's account in the book of Acts chapter 1. This is how Luke wrote down what happened. In verse 6, it says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, the time, uh, the time come, has the time come for you to... Free Israel and restore your, our kingdom. He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud, and while they were watching, they could no longer see him. Luke records Jerusalem in Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the world, or um, all over the earth. Three places. I want to point out to us today that the three places that we're supposed to go are First, Jerusalem, right? So anybody know where they're at when this, is, when this conversation is taking place? Jerusalem. This is, the, this is the more spiritual crowd than the last two services because I asked the question in the previous two services and no one, no one knew where I was at. So Jerusalem, right? So what does Jerusalem tell us? It tells us that, that we're to go and make disciples locally, this is our local circle. Circle. For some of us, that's our friends. For some of us, that's our family. Right? For some of us, that's our enemies. It's locally, the people that are close to us. Go make disciples with them. But then he says, in Judea, Samaria. Now, anytime in Scripture, Judea and Samaria are paired together, what it refers to is the south region south of Jerusalem, but it's a region. And so we're supposed to make disciples locally, but we're also supposed to make disciples uh, regionally. Thank you. Regionally. So that means in our state or in our nation, right? Region. We are committed to make disciples in Maine, in, in the United States of America. That's why we partner with churches all over the country. But then he says the uttermost parts of the earth. Go everywhere. Allow this good news to go everywhere. Because when something is good, it must be shared. That brings me to today's big idea. Anytime I communicate, I like to communicate with one big idea. The big idea for today is this. The gospel is, meant to be, is not meant to be hoarded. 
It is meant to be shared. The gospel is not meant to be hoarded. It is meant to be shared. When something is good, man, I tell you what, I got to tell somebody. I got to share it with somebody. Like uh, last week, we took our coaches to this amazing restaurant in Lewiston. It was called Bon Vivant, and it was delicious. And I tell everyone about it, not because my friend Rick owns it, but because it was delicious. And it has to be shared with you. Now, I wish I could pay for everyone to go there. I can't do that. But I can tell you about it because it was so good. And the things that are good are shared. And guess what? All of you are going, oh, I need to go check out that restaurant. (laughs) Right? Because when I tell you about the duck that my friend Erin was eating, and she takes one bite of it, and she goes, this is the best thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. That's literally what she said. And then, you know what she did? Yeah, it was duck, of all things. She passed it around the table. you got to try this. Because it was so good that everyone wanted to take, and everyone else is like, oh, I'll take a bite. Oh, I'll have a bite. She didn't even, poor, poor Rob, her husband at home, didn't have any when, when she got home because everyone else had eaten her food. Because she shared it. The best things in life are meant to be shared. And you know what happens when I describe that duck that, you, that, that Aaron said was the best thing she ever ate? I'm, I can't wait to go back to that place so that I can order the duck. That means when I explain something as so good, everyone else wants a taste. That is our responsibility with the gospel. To describe it as so good that you just can't wait to eat it up. The problem is that Christianity and religion, religion specifically, the law, has created this narrative that that a relationship with Jesus is bitter. Right? Right? Because of the bitter taste that religion has left in someone's mouth. That's not the good news. The Bible teaches that the law cannot save you. That is the grace of God through Jesus Christ that saves you. And that tastes so good that when you get an accurate taste of it, you just want another bite. So today... We're going, and I'm excited to invite my friends, Mike and Melanie Shaw, come on up to the stage. I'm going to have a conversation with them, because here's what I want. I want you, our church, the Refuge Church, to know who Mike and Melanie are, because today is Great Commissioning Sunday, Great Commission Sunday. You know what the word commission means? Commission, and and like the military does this with ships. And what commission means is to transfer authority, right? And so as a church of the gospel, we are transferring authority to Mike and Melanie this morning to say, thank goodness that I don't have to go to South Korea, that you're going to South Korea to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those people. So Melanie, will you tell us a little bit about what it means for the Refuge Church to send you out? 
Hi, good morning. Good morning. I'm Melanie. This is my husband, Mike. And to be honest, it's really difficult to communicate how much it means to us that refuges are sending church. When we got married seven years ago, a few months later, we moved to Maine, and we knew that God was calling us to be part of a church. And we had, we weren't sure what that looked like, but we found the refuge. And our first Sunday, I don't think we had even gotten to the car, and I said, I think this is our church. This is our home church. And Mike agreed. <laughs> and so the first thing that comes to mind, and that came to mind as I was praying over these questions, was the community and the family that has formed through refuge. And many of you may not recognize us because we've been in Korea for the last two years, <laughs> but you're still our family. And that builds into the clarity of God's timing, which is the other reason that it's so important and we are so thankful to be sent out from refuge. About a year and a half after we started attending, we got a call to, or an invitation, to come plant a church on Jeju Island in South Korea. And we were hesitant, but eventually we brought it to Adam and without even, I mean, we hadn't even finished the conversation. And he said, yes, absolutely, you should go. If this is what God is telling you to do, you should go. And I think I need to publicly thank you and Tanya mm. because that was special and it empowered us to lean into God's calling for what we were supposed to do. But the bigger piece of that was the investment that was made. So five years ago, when we first left for Korea, Refuge paid for our plane tickets. If you were to ask the pastor of the church in Korea, he would say that that church Come on. <laughs> would not have started if it weren't for those plane tickets. Um, Can I tell you, can I, can I say something? I'll, I'll, just, I'll just talk just for a second, just to, to help you out, because I'm a fellow crier, so I know, I know. I'm not usually a crier. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so, you told me at dinner a couple nights, a couple weeks ago, um, you remember the cost. It was $1,600. And... I want, I want you guys to understand the, not always, but sometimes, it only requires just a little, a little amount to, for God to take that small investment and blossom it into life-transforming truth, right? It just requires a little investment. Um, now, sometimes it requires your entire life, right? Which, which is why you guys are, are going back. Now, Paula will remind me that it's only for a year that you're going back. Um, but, but you're going back to plant a church. And um, I love, Mike, I love you telling why and how you knew it was, that this was, this was for you. So explain to us or tell us a story about when you knew that ministry was for you. Um. So Mel had mentioned back in 2018 that we had been invited to help start the church. What she said is we were hesitant. That's not true. When we were first invited, I immediately said no. 
<laughs> Not even hesitant. No, no hesitation, just no. Um, but then through a lot of prayer and guidance and um, ultimately giving up my desires for what we believe God had for us, we went and we saw a church started in six months. Um, and after six months, we came back to Maine. I got a full-time job. She was working full-time. We were serving here at the refuge, and we were content. We were comfortable. And then summer of 2021, I was asked if I wanted to be the dean of men for Word of Life Bible Institute on Jeju Island in South Korea. And I said, no. <laughs> you didn't want to be a dean? No. No, thank you. Um, but then again, through a lot of prayer and a lot of seeking guidance and counsel and, again, ultimately giving up my desires for what we thought God had for us, we, we went back, and I was the dean of men for the last two years. Um, and part of what Word of Life does throughout the years, they have two international camps. One's in January and one's in July. So that first camp in January, the camp director asked me if I wanted to preach. And I, I didn't... Wait, in Korean or English? I got to speak in Korean. Uh, wow. <laughs> English. English. I spoke in English, and it was translated. Because um, I don't know about you, but speaking in Korean would be... It wouldn't have gotten hard. anywhere. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Hi, bye. That's it. Um, anyway, so... He, he asked me if I wanted to preach, and this time I didn't say no, but I did hesitantly say yes. Mm. And why I said yes is because I, I could feel that this was God inviting me to be a part of what he was going to do. Um, well, here it comes again. I'm telling you, listen, the moment that that goes away... <laughs> the moment that that goes away is the time for you to walk away. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I preached on knowing God as your father. Hmm. Um, and after I finished preaching, a Korean camper came up to me. His English name was Big, and he fit the bill. Um, which is unique for Koreans. But he, he hugged me and thanked me and said, I will never forget this message. Hmm. Two nights later was invitation, and Big accepted Jesus as his Savior. Come on. Yeah. And in that moment, I knew God was saying, you see what happens when you say yes to me? You see what you get to be a part of? Um, and so that is right when I knew that I, I wanted to keep saying yes yeah. to ministry. Do you, so I, I didn't ask this in the last sequ um, services. So uh, do you know where Big's at today? No. You don't know? No? You don't know. No. But you're going to go back. I'm going to prophesy right now that you're going to go back to camp and there Big's going to walk in. I hope He's going to so. be serving Jesus. I hope so. Um, so. Mel, you grew up in South Korea. Um, did you ever think that you'd be back in South Korea as a mission missions kid? Because, listen, I'm a I'm a pastor with pastors' kids, and um, 
I kind of want them to hear your, your answer to this question. <laughs> so I was born and raised in South Korea up until I was 16, child of missionaries, also a pastor's kid, so it's a double whammy. Um, <laughs> and I really did think as a kid, as a teenager, as a young adult, like, I will passionately promote missions. I will tell people all about missions, why it's important. I can use stories from when I was a kid, all of those things, but I will never be a missionary. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so far, I'm in so much, though, that I married a small-town boy from Maine who didn't have a passport when I met him. <laughs> but God had other plans, and he had other plans for me. He had other plans for us. Mm. And I have to say that I'm thankful that I am a missionary kid because it gives me unique skills and abilities for this particular field and this particular ministry that others might not have had. So ultimately, no, I didn't think I would go back. But I'm so thankful that I did because God's plan is greater than mine. That's awesome. Uh, Mike, tell us a little bit about what you're looking for God to do while you're there, but also what you'll be doing and how long you'll be there. Okay, so we've committed to the next full year starting in January, um, and some of the things we're going to be doing is the camp that I had just talked about. That was a non-negotiable when we said we were going to help partner with Nations Baptist to start a new location. I said I have to do camp. Um, and so right when we get back, we land Next day, we are in camp training, so it's immediate that we, we start camp. Um, after that, we are going to be trying to start a new church location on the other side of the island while serving with nations, um, and that's mainly what we're going to be focusing on, but um, so obviously what we want to see happen in the next year is a church started, um, and we would love to see it fully functional, um, whether we're there or not, um, just that it's there. Um, but ultimately, our desire is for um, life change. So we want to see the lives of the people on the island radically changed for Jesus. Awesome. And we want to see that with you. So um, Mel, why don't you tell us how we can support you in that? How can we be praying for you? And um, what our really even what our partnership looks like from here on? So there are three specific prayer requests that we know are coming. There's always unforeseen stuff, but this is what we know is coming. The first, as Mike already mentioned, is camp. That happens right when we hit the ground. We are looking at over 150 Korean teenagers over the course of three weeks. Um, it's very intense, and we ask that you would partner with us in prayer over their lives, their potential decisions for Christ, all of that. The second is that the church that we are hoping to start will need a location. Mm. And we don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but there is a building fund that's already existing from a couple of the other missionaries, the veteran missionaries that we're partnered with. Um, so that's the second thing is pray for a building, pray for a location for us to meet. And the third thing is that Mike and I are entering a new neighborhood and a new form of ministry that we haven't been part of before. So there's all new relationships, all new connections, and that God would just give us discernment about approaching that and that we would just be able to love on people. In terms of support, what I wasn't able to get out in my first question that I would like to share now is that 
When you give to the refuge, you are partnering with us in ministry. Hmm. You are giving to the purpose of Christ globally. It's not just about, it is about your friends and neighbors here, but it's also about the people that we are reaching across yeah. the world, people you may never meet on this side of heaven. And because of the investment that Adam, that Refuge gave us several years ago, Nations is now at the point that they need a second location. They have sent out missions money to multiple ministries. That is the result of your doing. Mm. And they've also sent out their own missionaries. And there's additional church plants that have started because of the church plant that we started five years ago. All of that from a plane ticket. That's amazing. So you get to be, you're a grandparent church because there's a church that started in Osaka, Japan this year that's a direct result of your investment. So cool. So my encouragement for your support would be primarily to just continue to tithe, continue to give as God leads you to your local church because the local church impacts the world. But also, if you want to give to us personally or you want to give to the building fund or to something else, our ministry link that is through our missions office is going to be made public this week, um, and you'll be able to access that through the Refuge social media pages. Yeah, be watching out for that. I'm going to invite um, our leaders, our trustees, and our coaches to join me on, on stage with Mike and Mel um, for a, a special presentation. This morning uh, is the official commissioning of Mike and Melanie Shaw. This is a certificate of commissioning, so official. It says... Upon the recommendation of the Refuge Church, Inc., and under the direction of the Holy Spirit, the governing body of this ministry does hereby certify that Michael and Melanie Shaw pledge to work for the spiritual welfare of all people and the unity of all believers in having given satisfactory evidence of sound doctrine and Christian character, processing proven Christian qualities, having been called and anointed of God, but to minister to the body of Christ as recognized and confirmed by the public laying on of hands by this ministry is hereby solemnly and prudently declared missionaries and are hereby authorized to preach the gospel and to practice all biblical and religious activities pertaining to the office in accordance to the laws of the state of Maine as directed by the governing body of the Refuge Church, Inc. So it is official. And because this is the final service of the day, you get to hang on to this now. <laughs> but that's not all. And because this is the third service, this isn't a surprise to you any longer. You're still going to cry. You're already crying. I'm probably going to cry again. But let's make everyone else cry and tell them what is what the Refuge partnership looks like, Ben? So at the Refuge, we like to say that when you give to the Refuge, you give through the Refuge. And because of everybody's generosity throughout the year, um, I get to stand up here and tell you what we're going to do with that. And can't thank you guys enough for it. Um, a few weeks ago, we had dinner with them, and they sat down. They told us all their story and a lot of the costs for this coming year. And one of those costs was their housing for $6,500 for the year. And 
that hit me and stuck with me. And the next day, I presented it to the other trustees and Adam, and I said, I think we should pay this for them for the year. And it was an absolute yes from everybody. And so we have taken care of their housing. The refuge has taken care of the housing. And on top of that, we, we pledge to give you $300 a month on top of that. And um, if you want to give towards that, anytime you write South Korea missions, the memo on your giving envelope or on your check, um, or if you go to refugemain.church slash give, in the drop-down box, there's a, a place for South Korean missions, and all that money goes to, to help cover the $6,500 plus the $300 a month for uh, Mike and Melanie. I, I said this when we agreed to be your sending church. I said, if we're going to be your sending church, we're going to lead the way financially. And if there's another church that wants to give more than us, then praise Jesus, right? But um, we, want, we want to bless you. And so um, we're honored that God has been faithful to us, and we pledge to you that we'll be faithful to you. Let's lay hands on, on them. I'm going to give the microphone to, to Dave Moxie. I'm going to ask him to pray for Mike and Melanie as we commission them as missionaries. Father, in your presence... We rejoice, and we give you thanks and praise mm. for the good, good God that you are. Father, thank you for the work of your spirit in these lives. Father, we rejoice that their reply has been yes. Mm. Thank you for what you have done in them and through them in the last few years. And now, today, we look ahead to greater things because of the good and mighty God that you are. Yes, God. Father, I ask for your provision through these three weeks of camp. Yes, Jesus. For your provision for a building. Mm -hmm. And Father, for the fullness of your spirit the overflowing love that will be produced through new relationships. Father, it's into your hands that we commit them today. And by your Holy Spirit, show your power. Please, God. Your saving power, your healing power, through them and for them. Father, help them to know that we constantly uphold them in prayer. Yes. Because of our love for them and their love for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Yeah, give them a round of applause. You know, in Matthew 28, 
when Jesus says, go into all the world, making disciples by baptizing them. The word baptize is the word baptizo. The Greek word baptizo. And what that word means is it means to continuously do it, to continuously baptize. Now, that doesn't mean, those of you that are sitting there getting baptized today, that doesn't mean that you should be scared because we're just going to keep doing this the whole time, right? It doesn't mean that it's going to happen that way. What it means is to continuously show people who they are in Jesus by immersing them in their identity. Ladies and gentlemen, this may be unpopular, but I want you to know that baptism is a daily act. Every morning I get up, I must immerse myself in who Jesus is. That he is in me and he has a desire to live through me. You need people in your lives that will help immerse you in your identity daily. That's why the church exists. To make disciples continuously. It's a continual act. And so we're going to celebrate the Great Commission by baptizing disciples today.